Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Yep. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. And I am once again your reigning Super Smart Brothers champion, the rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Joined alongside my fallen friend, the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. How, how's that Saudi money treat? Oh, that blood money is sweet. <laughs> Lick it up. <laughs> Just pour it into a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> nice. That was a good oh, turn yeah. there. Oh, man. But, yeah. Uh, overall, good week of wrestling. Yeah. There was definitely some lows. Absolutely. But definitely uh, yeah, some I mean, highs. Crown Jewel is uh, such a low that the uh, talent can't even get out of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so we want to hit this off the yes, top? Yes, I'm curious. I have to know. Because I you have some details that I have not yet heard. Yeah, so apparently... It's now coming out of multiple sources that um, the planes were stopped from leaving. At least, so Brock Lesnar's plane was not stopped because he had a private charter. As well as, I think, uh, Vince, mm-hmm. Triple H, and Kevin Dunn and, like, the kind of production people. Like, high-up production right. people, I should say. Um, were able to get out because they flew privately. But the majority of the superstars that were unable to make it to SmackDown were stuck on a plane because the Saudi prince stopped them. Because Vince uh, is claiming that he, the Saudis haven't paid him for the past two shows, which is in excess of like five hundred million dollars, uh. and yeah, and so he cut off the feed of the show to Saudi Arabia. Like, so if you weren't at the show live, you couldn't watch it in Saudi Arabia. Huh. Okay. And the Saudi prince was pissed at that, and so he stopped the planes from leaving. Um, that. So basically. Is- to, to sum it all up, the WWE superstars were used as, like, hostages. Yeah, that is literally what they were used for. Wow, what now, the fuck? Nothing actually happened to them. Like, they were just stuck on a plane, which, believe me, is, like, the worst torture ever. I, I was stuck on a runway for, like, three hours, and I wanted to kill well, myself. What's even so. more fucking insane is that he's the one who owed the money, and he took the hostages. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yep. You know, so I, I think I heard that somebody mentioned something like Buddy Murphy tweeting out like "Never again." Like, yeah, dude, a whole bunch if of them. Any did. of them uh, go back? They're idiots. Like, what the fuck? Ru- Rusev asked for prayers. Um, yeah, uh, Buddy Murphy tweeted "Never again." It's it's always like the not quite top guys. Like, we haven't heard anything from like mm-hmm. uh, Orton or anything like that. So. Wow, that is, that is insanely fucked up. Yep. Wow, like Vince needs to fix that situation. A, get paid, and two, don't fucking put... Oh my god, wow. His talent got taken hostage. Yeah, 
Also, don't schedule the Saudi Arabia show before Smack like twenty four hours before SmackDown. Well, I mean, I'm guessing they were assumed that nobody was going to be taken hostage, you know, which should be a reasonable well, request. Also... Except that you're accepting, you're uh, expecting it from a guy who fucking murders journalists and things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, the, the, it also was like their flight had to leave exactly at the right time and have no problems whatsoever, mm-hmm. which if you've flown at all, like always happens. Yeah. So it's also in there. But then again, like I don't understand this deal because apparently like Saudi Arabia is the one that decides when the show happens. It's not the WWE. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're paying so much goddamn money. I'm sure that Vince just looked at the zeros and signed them his name. It was like, yeah. oh my God, you'll pay us this much money for a wrestling show? Yes. I will bend over backwards and do whatever you want. As long as you give me yeah. all of these zeros. Because I want to start up the XFL, and that's going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, man, he got to get that. He's got to get that paycheck now, because now he's got to start shelling out all those you know, paychecks for the XFL. Mm-hmm. That's a bad situation. Which, from all accounts so far... XFL is looking better than any other uh, football league. Oh, really? Yeah, so if I don't know if you've heard, but the Arena Football League that's been around for a while now is uh, looks like it might actually finally fold. So, hmm. uh, And then they, there was that other football league that started up last year from... Uh, oh, why am I blanking on his name? The guy that did the XFL with Vince before his son started up a football league and it failed horribly. Well, don't challenge the NFL. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but uh, so far XFL, I mean they've they've gotten they had a draft and they drafted some some decent talent. So we'll see how they do. Well, hopefully they'll do better than uh, getting taken hostage in Saudi Arabia. You know, yeah. At least at least that level of talent they like. If you're at least still competing in America, oh you can't take a hostage in Saudi Arabia. So, Could you imagine X- the first XFL game in Saudi Arabia? You know what, dude? I would be surprised if that shit happens. Like, why not? NFL's trying to get into London. XFL trying to get into Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, but you know what? Like, this whole situation of all these people being held up, I mean, obviously, a nightmare scenario for them. And it's not worth what happened, but a positive outcome was there was a crazy invasion of NXT into SmackDown, which I'm having to think was probably not planned nearly as much in their first draft of SmackDown with, like, I'm assuming they wanted the people to come back and be there for the show, but their absence has led to a really cool oh, yeah, storyline. The, the the NXT guys were chartered. They landed in, I think it was in Buffalo, right? It was SmackDown? They landed in Buffalo at like seven fifty-five, <coughs> and got a poli- wow right down to the wire. And got a police, yeah, got a police escort to the arena. So that's why it wasn't until like the third segment that you saw like Shayna Baszler mm-hmm. appear because like they had to get through arena and find out like what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like you know it, they were always calling their shows takeovers, but now they finally did actually take over on the main roster. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, I guess it's, like, appropriate timing, right? Because now, at this point, the NXT has been, like, promoted to a live show. It's just as long as SmackDown is. It's on a major network. It's like, all right, like, we are mm-hmm. legitimate rivals to you. And uh, it sounds like that for Survivor Series, they're planning on doing Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. Is that right? 
Yes. At, at least with, like, they were... I think they're doing, like, a champion three-way or something mm-hmm. like that. I think Cole, Lesnar, and uh, Fiend. Hmm. Okay. That'll be interesting. It's like... Yeah, I mean... The, that was... Even this first bit of crossover was really awesome. Like, you know, having Cole versus Daniel Bryan. You had Shayna attacking Bailey. Um, I'm yeah. trying to remember what other ones there were. There was... Um, uh, Riddle and Keith Lee beating up Sami Zayn. <laughs> that, that one was a little bit weaker co- by comparison, but it was still good to see them out. Yeah. And I, I, I'm actually kind of intrigued. I, what do you think of uh, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee as a tag team? I love it. I think they should do it for a little while. Yeah, fuck it. Like, why not, right? Because, like, if you're not doing anything with them single, like, as singles right now, like, pushing them in any way, push them as a tag team. Although, man, I do want them eventually to push Riddle into that singles match with Goldberg. I yes. want that. <laughs> but if we're not having that, then sure, yeah. Why not do a tag team with Keith Lee for a little bit? Especially, I would like it, especially if WWE can maintain to try and do, like, people being in a tag team, but then not just having to be a tag team wrestler all the time. Like, they could still do tag team matches, but then, like, Matt Riddle could still have singles matches. Keith Lee could still have singles matches. But they're just friends who sometimes tag together. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be a better route than, like, trying to... Because WWE just doesn't know how to do tag teams very well. Especially Mm -hmm. not two guys that are, like, already designed to be a tag team. Like, not like them. And I feel like the other thing they would always just try to do would be, like, oh, well, if they're works together but they're not like a true tag team then they're just gonna break up very soon and have to feud and it's like i don't want them to do that either you know Mm -hmm. so i would like to see what they do more with them going forward but i did like to see did you see uh riddle hitting the jackhammer on nxt yes i thought that was great so i think they're teasing it so they definitely ha- they definitely have to be thinking about it. So yeah, unless he totally like went against somebody's back and did that and got in trouble, but I doubt it. I feel like they probably no. I don't think he would have been featured so prominently on SmackDown. Mm, then true, good point. Because yeah, they would have punished. Uh, him. Speaking of SmackDown, though, did you hear about the major increase in ratings due to this NXT invasion? I did not. So last week, SmackDown had a whole eight hundred eighty-eight thousand viewers. Do you want to guess what it went up to with this NXT invasion? Um, well, let's see. We should probably compare it to their earlier numbers because that list last week it was on FS1, right? Instead of Smack, uh, instead of Fox. Yes. But even then, that's still uh, a bad rating. Because so... that's that's even below AEW. That's like almost NXT level rating. Um. But uh, all right. So what did they do then this week? Coming back to Fox because before they've been doing like. One point something million, almost two million, I think, on Fox. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming it's it was lower because it went up to two point four one eight million. Nice. Well, hey, you know what? Maybe that's what happens when you actually make interesting, engaging TV. Because, like, to be honest, like, <laughs> maybe they should should the roster be taken hostage every week? <laughs> well, certainly not. Uh, but. Just at least as far as, like, interesting shit happening. Like, when I was reading about the results, I was actually like, oh, shit. Like, I actually would have liked to have seen this live. Like, I wish I had known what was happening, when it was going on, so I could have turned it on. Because this is actually cool. 
unlike a lot of Raw and SmackDown for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I think this would have actually, like, made sense of, like, if I... I've been so conditioned to it being bad that I just checked the next day. <laughs> yeah. And now you're like, oh, like, oh man, shit, I should have checked, like, the night of. <laughs> this is actually cool. But, yeah, I'm excited to see where they go with the whole uh, invasion angle to see whether they continue to invade Raw and SmackDown. And then if Raw and SmackDown people come back to invade NXT. Although, uh, you have to imagine, I'm, I'm curious, do you think that the Fox executives are pissed now that uh, Brock Lesnar is going over to Raw? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they've told them or what they... <laughs> that seems like. like a huge underhanded tactic to me. I mean, you would hope for relationship sake that they like gave them the heads up about this, like, hey, we're thinking about doing this. Because... I mean... As much as people don't like Brock, he does bring the ratings, so... Uh, I would disagree, actually, because this is the highest-rated, at least as far as I know, the highest-rated SmackDown that they've had lately, and uh, Brock Lesnar wasn't on it. NXT people were on it. He w- An interesting he, story was on it. He was on it last night. Uh, but not in any meaningful way. No, but he was still on it. But that doesn't count. I would, I would like to see the breakdown of hour by hour, because he was only on the very beginning, right? With the Heyman segment? Yeah. So, um, here, I just had a... And it looks like I may have read the ratings wrong. It looks like it was 2.543 million viewers, whereas two mm-hmm. weeks ago, like you were asking for like a normal Fox yep. rating, that was the 2.41. Okay. Yeah, all right. So this is... So they brought in an extra 100,000 viewers. Because yeah. I, I bet... I mean, I'd be interested to see... And whether I'm right or not, but I bet the rating went up through the night. Uh, the hour rating, no. So it looks like hour one was two point six zero five, two point six zero five, and hour two was two point four eight one. So mm-hmm. it dropped a little bit. Hmm. Well, but we could also look at you could uh, Meltzer will probably have the quarterly hour breakdown. There we go. I'll I'll default back to that and still have a bashing where maybe i can be right <laughs> yeah because uh I, I hate lesnar he sucks but you make a good point of like the fox people want him so because yeah, i mean clear i don't know how clearly they... when they had immediately put him onto smackdown right before it was uh going over to fox and they heavily promoted him being on it like they wanted him to be on smackdown and I would imagine that they wanted him to be probably exclusive to SmackDown, right? Because if he's yeah. just, like, appearing on Raw all the time, then, like, seeing him on Fox is not that special. So, therefore, people will not tune into Fox as much to see him. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what's going on exactly, but... It's silly. <laughs> I, I mean, if I were a Fox executive... And I don't know all the details, but based on my limited knowledge, I would be pissed. Yeah, because you paid all this money and you're expecting... Right. Look, we paid uh, a lot of money for you to bring the untalented Gorilla Man onto our show. (laughs) Don't put him on the other show. (laughs) And then they... um, Because I'm imagining, too, because with Kane... Was he always going to be on Raw, or was he going to be kind of on SmackDown with 
Brock, but then now he's also going to be on Raw. Yeah, like did they just double fuck them and be like, hey, we're going to have these two big MMA guys, Brock Lesnar and Kane, on SmackDown? Oh wait, no, actually they're both going to be on Raw. We lied. Yeah, I'm not sure what the plan was. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm not sure if WWE even knows what the plan is anymore. It seems like it's changing all the time. But, uh, well, yeah, apparently when you make it really hard on them, then then they pull out the better writer. Right. Yeah, isn't that weird? How it's like, whenever they have to scramble, it's better. <laughs> like, when they have to actually scramble. And they can't just rely on, I guess, like what Vince wants to do. Because to me, it seems like this show was more like Triple H probably influenced. Did, did it seem that way to you? Sorry, what was that? I was saying that this this particular SmackDown this week where they had to scramble, it felt like there was a lot more Triple H involved as far as the creativity. Oh, absolutely, because it was the NXT mm-hmm. guy, so I think he kind of got control. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was a much more interesting show. I mean, but also, like, the premise alone was pretty cool, so. Unless they really fucked it up, this was going to be a good show. At least as far as, like, the NXT truly invading SmackDown angle. Although, here's my question to you. Of the people that got, like, a real big spotlight, which I would say would be either, like, Baszler, Champa, or Cole, who do you think looked the best in their Ooh. invasion of SmackDown? I gotta say, Cole edges out. Mm-hmm. Like it, they all looked yeah. good, but like you had Cole having a legit match, so I think that edges him out because it was like a real great matchup between him and Daniel Bryan. I agree. Baszler looked good because, but it was just an attack on Bailey, mm-hmm. not an actual match. And then Champa had the match with the Miz, yeah. right? Yeah. So. I mean, it's the Miz. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> compared to Daniel Bryan, that's lower quality. But Champa still looked good. So, uh, they all looked good. It was just the edge out to Cole, yeah. I would say. So, I was to say, the other thing that I thought was nice in Champa's favor, too, is that I thought he, like, thrashed Miz pretty well on the mic. Like, he actually held his own pretty well. Um, but I think Cole definitely edges out, right? Because putting the title on the line and beating Daniel Bryan, like, damn. That is a way to debut. Like, that, that is really impressive. I think that's actually... In my mind, I feel like that would be almost same level as when Kevin Owens debuted and beat John Cena. Yeah. As far as, like, a, an, a debut from an NXT star onto SmackDown or Raw. Um, let's see. Although, actually, uh, speaking of NXT 2... What did you think of the announcement of the women's war games? I think it's fantastic. I think that's doing more for women in uh, wrestling than the main roster is doing mm-hmm. right now. I mean, the main roster start, started out so well with like having the Hell in a Cell match and things like that. But uh, I, guess, I guess they did just do the first women's match in Saudi Arabia. So you got to give them some credit there. That is there. true, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I feel like besides that, there hasn't been much lately. So I think NXT is definitely stepping up the game by having them do that kind of mm-hmm. match. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, it feels warranted, too. I feel like um, Baszler and her horsewomen have been fucking around with women for a long time in that division. And it makes sense for, like, a coalition to band together and fight them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it feels to me definitely, like, I don't know if you get this impression, too, but I think Rhea Ripley is probably the right person to dethrone Baszler, actually. Because I feel like we've been kind of like thinking that Shayna Baszler hasn't had the right challenger to eventually dethrone her, but I think uh, Rhea Ripley is going to be the one. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, Ripley's been the best chance of that, right? Mm-hmm. Because besides that, I would say probably one of the stronger ones is Bianca Belair, in terms of just like aggressiveness and things like that, of like really believing that it could be possible, mm-hmm. but. Rhea's got the size and the aggressiveness and things that could make it doable. Definitely. Yeah, because like, I think Rhea Ripley's definitely bigger than Shayna Baszler. And I think Bianca Belair's like about the same size, but she's a better athlete. Mm-hmm. But Rhea Ripley, I think... I don't know, there's something too I feel like she's getting really over with the NXT crowd really fast. Like, she came out just kicking ass and people are just like, damn, we're yeah, we like this girl. I don't know, to me it seems like it's it, she's gotten over faster than a lot of women have ever done in NXT. Does it feel that way to you? Not sure. Because I feel like she's only been in NXT itself for a very short period of time, but she's also really over. Yeah, that's true. But that happens with a lot of NXT people, right? Like, they come in and just within a few weeks, they're way more over than anyone on the main roster well I mean like even compared to the women within NXT cause like Bianca Belair has been there longer but I would say that Rhea Ripley's more over than Bianca Belair yeah uh, I'll give you that and then uh, same with Candice LeRae she's been there longer than Candice and she's more over than Candice I think is it's it's easier to push that monster kind of person right at least in WWE the way they do things yeah. Like, yeah, when you're the biggest person around, at least WWE understands that logic of, I am big, I smash. <laughs> they struggle with more nuanced things, but uh, very simple concepts they get. Like that. Um, let's see. What else is going on? Oh, also, NXT, what do you think of uh, Balor explaining his heel turn and going after Gargano? Loved it, and it totally made sense. I love the line of, some guy puts on a mask and becomes the most over. I took off my mask and became the most over. Yeah, that was that was a good one. And very interesting, too, because then that also makes me wonder, do you think that means he's not going to do the demon anymore? Saying that like, he'd take off the mask? Yeah, I and we discussed this last week, right? Where I think like the demon character is too much babyface. So. Yeah, because it's just too cool. And if he wants to really be a heel, then he needs to not be cool. Yeah. Or he's not be too cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's always there's always the face turn later that he could bring it back right. with, right? Wait, so. actually, you know, that's that's a really good point. Is maybe he shouldn't do it at all for a while now as a heel, so then it can be part of how he becomes a baby face again. Yeah. Because people will fucking pop to see it again. You know they will. Yeah, and it could it could help with the first turn as well, right? Right, exactly. It could be even part of the catalyst for how it happens. All that shit. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, before we go over to AEW, was there anything else in uh, WWE NXT land you wanted to discuss? Uh, bad things. The main event of Raw. Oh. The divorce court yes. segment. Oh god, that was bad. I mean, what 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 more can you say about it? I mean, did you hear the fan at the very end? Did you watch the segment? I watched at all? a clip of it. I don't. I don't think I heard this fan. So as Raw was going off the air, you can hear a fan yell, "This is weird!" <laughs> <laughs> like right near the camera. Oh my god! Oh my god! I have to look that up. That's so good. Or so, it was like that, or something along the lines of like we do, we don't know how to react to this. <laughs> Let's see. It was just. Um, did you watch the? I'm assuming you definitely did not watch the full show. It was just like a clip. No, it's always clips. Uh, yeah. So I saw the divorce court. I saw because yeah, I saw the main bit of it, but I must have turned it off before this. This is like as it's going off. Yeah. yeah. Damn it! I missed this. All right. Oh, I also saw the the uh, the um, Kabuki Warriors getting rid of Paige. Yeah, what the? It seems kind of like a why bother getting rid of her now? You already haven't been using her, right? Yeah, I think it was just to like, hey, we have to give it to them to at least like make sure continuity exists. Of like, yes, she hasn't been used mm-hmm. for a while, but like we there was no explanation of why, and now there can be like, oh yeah, now she's gone. Yeah, yeah fair enough. I guess just wrapping up the loose end. Yeah, but I still don't know why though. Like, I feel like Paige was decent for the Kabuki Warriors. I, I mean, I don't even know why I they were some... joined up with her in the first place. It was just kind of like a, I guess we want Paige to manage a tag team. These girls don't speak English. Okay. Yeah, that's. What, I literally think that's what it was. And, like that's that's as deep as it was. So I don't know. It just never felt yeah. like a meaningful. But they could have. They could have made it deeper, though. Oh, right? they absolutely like, could have. Just because it starts out that way. Yeah, it yeah. just it started out like because meaning nothing, and they never built Paige on cut it. Great heel promos. Yeah, so. actually, you know what? To be honest, this would have been the better time to have her aligned with Paige, right? It's because like as baby faces, maybe they could have still like because obviously like Oscar and Kyrie know at least a little English. So they could have done, like, very limited yeah. English promos, maybe mix in some Japanese, but not in, like, a heelish way. But then, yeah, when they turn heel, then they could refuse to speak Japanese, hook up with Paige, who's maybe also, you know, dark-themed and whatnot, and then she could talk for them. Like, sure. That would have yeah. made more sense than just, I don't know, just, like, them getting rid of her and turning on her when... To me, I don't, their relationship didn't mean enough to make them turning on her mean anything. Yeah, absolutely. There was no backstory to how they got together. It was just Paige coming out going, here's my new tag team, and then it was Asuka and Kyrie. Right, like, they might as well have just had them spit in the face of, like, Renee Young or something, or any other random woman, because it was like, (laughs) oh, okay. I guess you're just being mean to a woman. (laughs) Woman-on-woman violence. All right, I'm watching the Lashley and Lana clip at the end. Let's see if I can hear... I heard someone say this is disgusting, but I think that was commentary. Let's see. 
I don't know. I'm not hearing it wherever it is. I mean, I'm not saying it's not there, but I can't hear it very good. I, I'll try to. Find I'm, I'm watching the one on WWE, like their YouTube. For the uh, Rusev left crushed by Lada and Bobby Lashley. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe they could have cut it out then. Maybe you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. It was like it was literally, it was literally as the show was going <laughs> off the air. Yep. So. Either they did they cut it out on purpose or like they were just like bastards going off the air. I bet they did cut it out. Didn't they also cut out? Um, oh no, I was thinking of something else that got cut out with Fox because uh, Fox cut out all the um, uh, kick him out Trumps, uh, Trump boos that were happening at the World Series for the replays of that segment. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so I guess that pretty much covers that. that that's fucking hilarious because yeah that. God, Rusev just needs to kill Lashley. Like, this, and just I just don't understand why this is the main event. Like that's that too. Ugh. Yeah. Although, um, I feel like I remember Meltzer. I heard him talking about this, and basically he was saying, "Like, well, this will be the test to see whether this uh, this story has any legs or not, because this show was built around it." And uh, I don't know. I think the unfortunate thing that's probably going to happen like what happens to a lot of things is it's not going to get as over as Vince wanted it to. So then Vince will just cancel the storyline halfway through and then nothing will get resolved. And then Rusev just looks a million times worse. That's my guess. (laughs) But I mean, like all they need to do is just have Rusev beat the shit out of Lashley. And actually, at this point, with the way that Lana's been talking about their relationship, I feel like Rusev would probably have to break up with Lana on on screen, like not in real life, but like as Absolutely. an on screen thing. I think that would help him get massively over. Like if he beats the shit out of Lashley, mm-hmm. and then Lana tries to like go back to him because she's like, "Oh shit, Lashley got beat up," so I'll try and grovel to Rusev, and then Rusev rejects her. Like that would help. That would be good if they did that. This would still make sense in a convoluted way in helping get him over. What do you think? Uh, it might help him get over. It's the only way to come out of this looking good at all. Like, Lashley's just going to look mm-hmm. bad, but... Yeah, yeah, Lashley is going to... Well. I don't know. I feel like Lashley's been looking better now than he has in a while because at least he's getting like a consistent actual reaction from the crowd. Like they're actually booing him instead of just like you know golf claps or nothing. Like he's gotten the last couple of years. So I I think especially if he stays yeah. with Lana, I think that could help. Like he. If they milk that the right way, that could still maybe be a, a good heel gimmick. What, yeah. the two of them together? Just as, like, a constant reminder of, like, oh, like, he stole her away from Rusev or something. But then, you know, Rusev can be, I guess, bettered, quote-unquote, by having rejected her for being the cheater that she is. But apparently he, uh cheated on her first right because he's a sex addict he cheated on her 
That's what the claim was this past Monday in the main event. Oh, because I'm trying. I thought it was just. Wasn't he just like that? He just wanted to have sex with her all the time. Yeah, but then uh, Lana claimed that Bobby came to her and said that Rusev cheated on her because she wasn't. Oh well, then that's obviously just a dipshit lie. Because Bobby Lashley just tells her, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Why would you talk to Rusev about it, you dumb bitch? <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. So then there we go. Then how about Rusev then hooks up with some other chick afterwards? At least just like as an on-screen couple. You know, because it's like he's moving on, moving on from Lana. You, you know what? He could uh, Liv Morgan can return, and she could be with Rusev. You know, just the younger blonde. So then he could be like, hey, you know what, Lana? I got rid of you and traded you in for a younger model. <laughs> <laughs> they could do, uh, oh my god. <laughs> I just remember, do you remember a couple of years ago when they did that same thing with uh, Summer Rae? Where Summer Rae was basically trying to become Lana? When, uh, like, real Lana was with Ziggler? <laughs> oh my god, yes. So there we go. We could repeat that kind of storyline because it worked so well the first time. Uh, let's see. Ooh, also, before we go on to AEW, I wanted to update you on just a few things with Power Struggle and Wrestle Kingdom. For you folks, you unwashed masses, mm. what unwashed masses who don't watch New Japan or only watch a little bit of New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom 14 is shaping up big time. We've got... Um, the Super Junior Tag League Finals just finished up. Rapongi 3K winning it for the third time in a row. They're going to be going after Bullet Club. After, uh... Because Birds of Prey end up getting fucked over towards the end. Um, Bushi came out and attacked Osprey to challenge him for the Junior title, which cost them the match. Otherwise, Birds of Prey would probably be in the finals here. Uh, but, Russell mm. Kenny, we've also got, like, the retirement of... Uh, Liger coming up and on at least on night one it's like a big tag match but then on night two a lot of people are speculating it'll probably be against you know whoever the junior heavyweight champion is whether that be Osprey or whether that be maybe a returning Hiromu Takahashi mm-hmm. uh, we've got a brewing feud between Minoru Suzuki and Shingo Takagi I hope that pays off into some sort of singles match maybe but we'll see um also, Naito beat Taichi in basically a number one contenders match for the Intercontinental title. So the double champion vision is still alive. The dream is still alive. He'll be challenging the Intercontinental champion night one at Wrestle Kingdom. So at this point, it looks like unless Jay White loses the title to Goto, which I don't think will happen. I'm still in the middle of watching Power Struggle at the tump in the moment. The four guys that could become double champion are Okada, Naito, Ibushi or Jay White. So Jay or Joe, Jesus, I'm just calling you Jay White for a second. Yeah, Joe, who do you think has the best probability of walking out of Wrestle Kingdom Night Two as the double champion? Because uh, as it's set up, we've got Okada versus Ibushi on Night One, Naito versus Jay probably on Night mm-hmm. One as well, and then those winners fight on Night Two. I mean, I want to say Naito, because I feel like he mm-hmm. deserves this, but I f- I'm leaning towards Ooh. Okada. Interesting. So then, 
So you think, I'm assuming Okada probably still wins night one, and then do you think Naito wins night two, or night um, night one Intercontinental title match? So that the night two match is Okada versus Naito? Or do you think it would be Okada versus Jay? I think Okada versus Naito, right? I'm asking you. What do you think? I think. Do you think they're going to crush the people's dreams again? Like, because <laughs> they had two years ago. Naito challenging Okada. And that was the big, like, return after, you know, he had lost to Okada all those years ago, left on excursion, became Ingobernable, came back, challenged, and then lost. So then, to do it a third time, oh, that would be pure evil. (laughs) But, uh, that's what you're thinking? You think it might be Okada? Or do you think it will be Naito? Uh, I'm leaning Okada. You must think Gato an evil, evil man. <laughs> Which is not... I mean, maybe it is. Maybe he is. But... I feel like Naito definitely at least has to win night one. So he has to be in the final match. Whether it be Okada or Ibushi... Mm-hmm. See, if he's losing, then it would have to be against Ibushi, I think. Because I think Okada doesn't have that much interest in the Intercontinental title, but if Naito's winning, it would mean more over Okada. I think that's. I think it'll probably still be Okada and Naito in the final night. I have to go with Naito. Like, they've been building this double champion story for so long, and Naito was always the one talking about it. If they take that and give it to somebody else, then, like, that is... That is awful. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of like a good requisite storyline in another promotion that would make sense. Um, like, okay. If, like, remember when Cody was chasing the NWA title? Like, last year or whatever, against Nick Aldis? Oh, like, yeah. If on that show... Because <laughs> that, like... He needed to win the NWA at some point because that was, you know, Dusty Rhodes' title. Like, he held that and things like that. So if, if Cody had never won that title, that would have been as just as egregious as this, I think. Like, that needed to happen. And this, this just, it needs to happen. Like, this is Naito's story in the same way that winning the NWA world title to replicate his father's actions and become the first I think with NWA right it were Cody and Dusty the first father son duo to have uh, held that title yeah like I completing so. that mission Cody had to do it not doing it would have been a transgression against reality itself This would be a transgression against reality itself to steal the double champion storyline and give it to someone other than Naito, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, great. I think that he'll be double champion for a very short period of time, and that's exactly how it should be. But he just needs to be the one to do it, in my opinion. Uh, all right, but that's enough New Japan for now. Shall we talk AEW and lead into some full gear predictions? Let's do it. Uh, let's see. Uh, actually, I want to talk about the main event first. What did you think of SCU winning the tag titles? 
surprising. I definitely thought it was I going on the Lucifer Brothers. And I'm disappointed, too. I think Lucha Brothers would have been a much better choice, to be honest. I mean, I don't think SCU is, like, a horrible choice. No, because like, if, they, if they put it on, like, you know, yeah, Jungle uh, Boy and Marco Stunt, that would have been a far worse choice. Yeah. And even putting on, like, I think Private Party would have been a worse choice. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of other worse choices, but I also just, I don't know. I don't like SCU that much. And I don't like this choice, so I don't know. So I was curious. I was curious to see more of what your thoughts were because I know that you like SCU more than I do. Yeah. Um, I I thought it was a great match. Um, I do think because it was like the roll up, I think they might be leaning towards uh, Lucha Brothers, maybe mm-hmm. taking it back right away. So it's possible, but. I don't like help me understand SCU because to me I look at them and they're just like a charisma black hole. I mean, I maybe on the charisma part, I think they're great in the ring. Okay, though. but like if you're just good hands, then like I don't think that you should be winning the tag titles. You know what I mean? Especially when you have guys like the Lucha Brothers who are better wrestlers than them and better personalities. Uh, I think it could be a storyline, though. Like, here's what I'm thinking happens. The whole Christopher mm-hmm. Daniels getting taken out. Like, uh, I'd be interested if they're going to say that it's like a free bird rule. So any two of the mm-hmm. three can defend the titles. So I'm wondering if at the rematch at Full Gear, <clears throat> uh, because it was a quick roll-up this time around, I'm wondering if Daniels takes Scorpio's mm-hmm. place uh, in order to defend the titles, and mm-hmm. he gets pinned. And then it causes dissension in SEU. Yeah, that could make sense. Yeah, I could see that kind of a thing. And yeah, I think that's actually an interesting thing to bring up too as far as like, do you think that um, AEW is going to operate under Freebird rules? Because a lot of their uh, tag teams do have like third members in their groups and things like that. Yeah, because like Best Friends is starting to have like Orange Cassidy Uh, with them. (laughs) I think they should. Uh, Jungle Express has three people in it. Um trying to think of some other ones but yeah they have a lot of groups like that the elite obviously <clears throat> inner circle because I, I feel like that would be a good idea unless they're going to have trios titles they should probably utilize the free bird rule yeah although did you notice that um, at least under when they're you know how they bring out the statistics like under each person for every match which I really like, by the way. What mm. do you think of that? Uh, I'm loving it so far. And they, they space out these, or what's the word? Right, Separate I like how it's like records, the person right? comes out, and then you can see the relevant record for the type of match they're about to have, and then their overall record. So then it like, you know, for Sammy Guevara, it was like, all right, he's about to have a singles match against Adam Page. You can see that he's 0-2 for singles, but you can see that he's 2-2 two two overall. So like he's picked up some wins in tag matches mm-hmm. um but then like where the uh the three-on-three match they actually did have trios records oh so I did i'm not wondering because that. they are keeping track specifically of trios records maybe they will have trios titles separate from tag titles at some point 
Possibly. I would like to keep it to just normal mm-hmm. tag titles, though. To not dilute out the championships. Because if you see with WWE right now, like just feels like everyone yeah, has Yeah, and a lot of them don't mean anything. <laughs> like, they just change hands on whims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like if they could keep to like just the regular duo tag teams, mm-hmm. but to have trios, like competing in that league yeah, and then hell you know why not like at some point if you wanted to if you had two teams that do have three people you could even defend the tag titles in a trios match right like why not like you could have yes. all three of the members of scu go up against best friends in orange cassidy for the tag titles mm-hmm. so I, I think that'd probably be the smarter way to go back yeah. now right and, the, and it makes it it makes for more yeah. interesting matchups a lot of versatility and then at least because if you only have one set of tag titles then that's what they mean they mean if if you're holding them you're the best tag team period no question not like yeah whereas if you had if you start splitting up between the two and the three then it's like well we're the best duo but we're the best trio so it's like who means what? exactly uh and then also another thing that i'm really liking that they're doing with um aew in general is how much they're like leaking into other pop culture stuff so like with the rick and morty things for like uh the eight um mm. best friends dressing up and then also kenny omega coming out and doing the uh, undertale gimmick like that's really cool because so then like for me for example like my sister doesn't really watch wrestling very much or care about it other than like the times that i've watched it with her but like sometimes when really nerdy shit mm. happens i'll send it to her and then she's like oh that's cool and then she'll check something out a little bit sometimes so, like, I sent her the thing with the Undertale reference because she's played that game before. So then it's like, hey, look at that. Right, yeah, exactly. And it like makes a, her more interested, A non-wrestling right? person is just a tinge more interested in something happening in re- wrestling. So, like, I'd seen there were some people fucking trying to give Kenny Omega shit for this. Like, because, like, they didn't get it. And it's like, um, well, mm. other people get it. So sorry (laughs) it's not my fault that you don't get everything and i yeah he also kind of made a good point that like there is a intentional strategy to draw eyes to the product for people who might not normally be wrestling fans yeah which is what they have to do right in order to survive yep you need the casual exactly and like I do think as far as like them trying to penetrate specifically nerd culture is smart because there's such a niche like I think as far as other wrestling products they are a little bit more niche like I think you need to have a little bit more understanding about wrestling to fully appreciate what's going on and Mm -hmm. so for other people who really like to get very deep into their media people who like to watch something like Rick and Morty which is a very very like you know heady comedy show and then you've also got like Undertale, which is like a really in-depth, sort of like heady, independent video game that was made a couple of years ago. So like catching people who have similar ways that they digest their media, if that makes sense, I think makes sense. So, yeah. And I think the Rick and Morty thing was also like to improve their relationship with TNT because I think Rick and Morty airs after AEW oh, or something okay. like well, that. that. That makes even more sense, too. Yeah. So it was like a, uh, hey, we'll we'll help promote 
like your other stuff. Because they are one of TNT's like top rated programs, mm-hmm. at least on that night. So, so yeah, why not? Right, help cross promote and make better relations for the network. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, as far as uh, relations go, John Moxley is not concerned with who he pisses off or what he does. So much so that he is an unsanctionable wrestler. What do you think about the unsanctionable John Moxley? Love it. It's very, and I know I keep on saying this, but yeah, very I mean, stone yeah, cold. You ass. keep saying it, but it's true. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was super great. I mean, because the a new AEW was going to have this type of challenge with we have what four wrestlers who are wrestlers, but then also in the administrative department, so to right. speak, with Cody and the Bucks and Omega. And so having another wrestler call that out mm-hmm. is so great. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like it. And it, it further develops his like you know anti-authority character, but it's in an interesting different kind of way, right? Because at least so far, the guys in charge have not really abused their power. Or at least not blatantly on TV or anything. Yeah. And you can still have that anti-authority character and call them out for... I'm almost going to call it... I'm just going to label it like privilege rather than them like intentionally fucking with people but just you know they are the vps so they do have certain executive privileges like the fact like cody came on a private jet and then came to the arena in a limo and you know had the uh the gall of Mm -hmm. course to try and make jericho wait like you know that that's the kind of a thing that you know corporate suit asshole is gonna do and i'm I'm, I'm very excited for when cody eventually turns heel and does this kind of stuff but but having Moxley as this character right now who is so outside of the establishment and outside of the rules, I think is very cool. And and it's one of those things that only actually could exist when they're actually enforcing more of the rules and keeping the records like they do in AEW as opposed to WWE where they just don't keep track and the wins and losses don't matter. And also, I just liked the explanation that, like, not everyone wants a uh, uh, unsanctioned match. We're like you, you normally, right? It's the guys like, yes, I get an unsanctioned match. I get to kill you and like no repercussions, kind of a thing. Whereas like Moxley cares so much about his record that it actually makes it worse that it's not it, right. that it is an mm-hmm. unsanctioned match. So yeah, it's like it's actually good layered storytelling. So. Good yeah. on you, AW. This was a really well worked segment. And then, of course, then too, after Moxley bitches out uh, Tony Khan in the back office, then goes out and cuts that promo. Whew. He is on mm-hmm. fire right now, man. I also love the uh, Seinfeld esque yeah. portrayal of Tony Khan. Where you <laughs> totally. Don't see his face. That was that was well done. But yeah, oh my god, like. John Moxley, dude, I think, like, he is absolutely the case study for being, like, a guy who can get muted and crushed down by bad creative direction. But then when you set him free, he is so rejuvenated and so entertaining. Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. what do you think of him since he's left WWE? Like, returning to John Moxley as opposed to Dean Ambrose? Uh, I think he's been rejuvenated like absolutely like when he was in wwe people were like they knew what he could do 
and that's what like that's what kept him popular i think but now it's actually like oh yeah this mm-hmm. is the moxley we've been waiting for this is the moxley we've been waiting for <laughs> exactly <laughs> these, these are the, are moxleys, the moxleys we've been looking for uh, so then speaking of the Moxleys and the Jerichos and the Cody's and the Young Bucks and all them, uh, I say we should get onto some predictions for full gear. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to take long. There's yeah. only four matches announced. So. That's true. Yeah, they're only up in four announced. Um, I'm assuming, do you think probably Riho will defend her title too? Um, do you think maybe SCU might already have a challenger as well? Like. I, I think it's going to absolutely be a rematch with the mm-hmm. Lucha Bros. Because at this point, they only have right. one episode of TV to build this up. So I think the easiest thing is just like, hey, it was a roll-up. We want a rematch. Boom. True. That's a good point. I'm trying to think. Unless there was like another tag yeah. team who, like in the lead-up or the history, obviously not in the tournament, but like just so far has gotten a win over SCU, then I guess maybe they could be more eligible. But I'm trying to think if there is one. I mean, I assume there. I think there has to be because I don't think they have a clean record. Uh, it would have to been happened at like All In or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like either All In, uh, All yeah, Out. One of those. They're they're pre TV. Like before the tournaments yeah. started, yeah. So unless it would be one of them, then yeah, I would assume it'd probably be rematch with the Lucha Bros. Although, I don't know, you might not want to do a rematch with um, Lucha Bros it, that quick, right? Because unless... Ugh, yeah, cause I feel like Lucha Bros would look bad if they took back-to-back losses. And I assume you don't want to end SCU's reign that quick. Oh, uh, I absolutely think it should only be if the yep. Lucha Brothers are winning it. So, you know what? I'm trying to think. Did Beth, like Maybe did Best Friends get a win over them? Or was it... Um, I don't know. Well, we don't know what that match is going to be, so let's just not predict it for now. We'll just do the four matches that we know are happening. And then uh, if we get to do a show before um, Full Gear this week, then we can predict the rest that I assume will be announced on the Go Home show. Um, Let's see. All in SoCal Uncensored Mm -hmm. won against the Briscoe Brothers. Um, Christopher Daniels did mm-hmm. beat Stephen Amell. Ah, so. yes. The legendary Stephen Amell. Who actually, I feel like, was one of the best, like, random celebrity guys to come in for just one match. Like, he did a good job, I remember. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay, great. Now I'm on AEW stuff, so I can just click through it. So... SoCal Uncensored defeated the Strong Hearts at Double okay. or Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, at Fighter Fest. Oh, uh, Best Friends did defeat SoCal Uncensored ah, and Private okay. Party at Fighter Fest. Hmm. So yeah, maybe if it's yeah, if it's not going to be Lucha Brothers, uh, then probably Best Friends because they have a decent record as far mm-hmm. as tags, and then. You know, they've beaten SCU, so. And then Lucha Brothers defeated SoCal Uncensored at ah, Fight okay. for the Fallen. Or then, yeah, maybe maybe this would be the rubber match, right, if they were going to do it at full gear because, like, the first one is Fight for the Fallen, 
second match would have been in this tournament here in the finals than the third at full gear. Yeah. And then the last, before the TV started at All Out, SoCal Uncensored defeated Jurassic Express. So yeah, only Best Friends and Lucha Brothers have wins over. Hmm, intriguing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have to see what they do on the Go Home Show, because yeah, I could see either one. Like, Lucha Bros being mad and challenging them back, or as uh, Best Friends coming out and be like, wait, we're the only people who have a win over you. And I'm sure we're Best Friends even in the tag tournament. Uh, yes, okay. but they were just yes. knocked out super early on. So. All right. Well, let's get to predicting the matches that are actually definitely happening on Full Gear. Um, yeah. Let's see. So, Championship Indeed. Edge, you get the first hmm. pick. Um, I'm going to go with Jericho retaining the title over Cody in the main event. Uh that's a yeah, because I mean, choice. Cody is obviously destined to win this title at some point, but I think it's too early. Like, yeah. Jericho's reign, yeah, yeah. This is is this Jericho's first defense? Yes, first defense at a pay per view because uh, the only other defense was Darby Allen. He just won it. Yeah, that was TV. Yeah, but that was TV. So, yeah, I feel like he has to win it at least, well, defend it at least once on a pay per view to make it. <laughs> a little more worth yeah, it, absolutely. putting the title on him, right? And, you know, whether this is a clean win or if this comes down to, uh, like, disqualification of some kind through inner circle interference, because there's been a lot of inner circle versus Cody's friends, like, in the build-up to this match. Yeah, so I can totally see, like, interference here. The next pay-per-view is, like, yep. some kind of team thing. Uh team against team and then the pay-per-view after that is when mm. Cody wins or you know the other stipulation I could see because they have this like alright so what do you think of this judges thing like the idea that if it goes 60 limits or 60 minutes and it's a draw then the judges decide who wins and there's three judges I think yeah I think it, I think it it's to appease the fans that were um uh, upset with that uh, time limit draw between was it Moxley and Sean Spears? Um, on the TV? What was it? Was it that or was it or was it like Moxley not, and Pack? I think not this. Yeah, Moxley and Pack. That's what it was. Sorry. Um, I think like some fans are like upset by that, and so I think AJW is trying to like just dip their toes in the water of getting like the time limit draws again, and so this is their way of saying like. Don't worry, you're not going to invest your money into mm-hmm. something like <laughs> Hell in a Cell and get, like, ripped off. Like, this, if it could end in a draw, but we have the judges here to mm-hmm. decide a winner. Like, well, like, I don't know. I So, yeah, I like I it. I don't like it because I feel like a time limit draw is a legitimate way for a match to end. Like, even within AEW, they've already shown this because, like, part of how Darby Allen was starting to get over was that he took Cody to a draw rather than losing. Yeah, but a title wasn't on the line. So I think that's well, why I'm not, the I'm not saying there, do right? this shit all the time. Like, if you do it all the time, obviously the fans yeah. will get pissed. But, like, you know, maybe once or twice a year or something. Or maybe, like, once a year for a big match. But, like, you know, just sometimes it happens. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing to happen. Yeah. 
I just think I think it's them cautioning themselves of I think they 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 want to cushion themselves against well, like just a hell in a cell book type a dipshit situation. scenario like hell in a cell. That was Vince's fault. Like he wasn't <laughs> like that was his fault. He could have just had the fiend win. Like you know what I mean? Like he didn't have to do that shit. Or he could have just had it. Yeah. Like oh god. But there was a, there was just such a backlash against that time limit draw i think they just they're trying the to play reason it safe i think for the now, judges so. might be a bad idea is because i think it sets a bad precedent because then are we going to have to have judges for like all these types of things all the time now i think it would just be yeah. title matches although you know what because mm-hmm. as you as you stated like yes there was a time limit draw right. on a non-title match before but so. although actually trying to think about this on a positive side um, like with ce- random celebrities coming in and being like an important part of shows, being a judge for an important title match would actually probably be like a good way to use celebrities. Like, cause, or legends yeah, too. Or exactly. legends. Cause like having them be like, you know, special guest referee is decent. Um, but like guest ring announcer, guest like timekeeper, bell ringer, that, sh- that shit sucks. But like being a judge would be way better than that. Mm-hmm. As far as just, Especially because you right. don't have to use them then. Exactly. You, you don't just have, have to use them if you don't match. want to. But then if you do want to, then like you could have yeah. you know, an interesting avenue to do that, I guess. Because that's, that's the other thing I'm wondering is like, if they, maybe this will be part of how they use the judges for the first time and show us what they could be used for and have the match go to 60 minutes and then somehow Jericho, you know, maybe like bribes one of the judges or something like that, so then Cody gets screwed. It's possible. But yeah, I feel like it's uh, it's not Cody's time yet. Keyword being yet. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I think that you would totally agree this with this, that like Cody Rhodes is an arrogant enough person that if he's going to start his own wrestling company... He's damn sure gonna at some point book himself to win the world title. Like, he's mm-hmm. not he's not that dissimilar from Triple H and his own dad, and a lot of other people who've done that kind of shit. I just think he's a little bit better, or at least so far has shown himself to be a little bit less selfish. But it'll happen at some point. All right, what do you pick next? Uh, the lights out match, the tag team match, or Page versus Pack? Ooh. Um. Mhm. Fuck, these are all hard. <laughs> Which actually, I think, speaks to how well the rivalries have been crafted, right? You could kind of see yes. either either guy winning. Um, since I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go the tag match of Santana and Ortiz over the Young Bucks, because um, I feel like the Santana and Ortiz, their feud is mainly with mm-hmm. Cody and company. Um, and so therefore the Young Bucks aren't that mm-hmm. big of a feud. So like, kind of put them over against the Young Bucks in order to help promote the longer term story of like Inner Circle versus mm-hmm. Cody. That makes sense. I agree. And also, too, I, I imagine this could be how to, like, 
if they want to split up some inner circle interference because like Sammy Guevara and Jake Hagar both don't have matches so like maybe Jake Hagar gets involved in one match and then Sammy gets involved in the other match to kind of like help give inner circle people mm-hmm. the advantage and yeah this is like yeah. uh, I think they're calling themselves Proud and Powerful is that what Santana and Ortiz's new name is? I think so yeah I guess so them. I haven't heard it officially declared. I guess I mean this will be the big uh, when they get introduced right. for this pay per view. Yeah, so I yeah I definitely think that they're probably gonna win. Yeah, with some inner circle interference because this is their first pay per view match, right? Because they were not on any of the other pay per views in a match. If I remember correctly, because I think they. If I remember correctly, I think they appeared at the last one, but that was just to, like, attack the Young Bucks afterwards, right? Like, they weren't in a match. I so, believe yeah, I feel like so. They, they do need to win. I don't know. I guess maybe Young Bucks could sneak it out, but, yeah, I feel like Proud and Powerful will probably get it this time, especially with Inner Circle with the numbers. And because they have some people... Because that's the other thing. I, I think they're probably going to pay attention to stuff on this level, is that there are Inner Circle members who don't have matches, who therefore can interfere, versus, at this point, everybody in the Elite is booked. So none of them are, like, free to just go interfere with somebody else's match. Mm-hmm. So, I would think that would give the Inner Circle the edge. Um, okay. I'm gonna go for... I think Pac is gonna beat Paige. Um, cause yeah, I just, I feel like while, while they got the win in the tag match, cause, uh, Paige and Omega beat Pac there, I think Pac is just going to mm-hmm. use that as more fuel to be even angrier and fuck this kid up in the singles match that, you know, was supposed to happen a long time ago, but then didn't due to contract negotiation stuff. Mm-hmm. But now that it's time, you know, Pac will be the guy and... Yeah, I think continuing to build him up as a strong heel in the division while giving, like, a solid... Not, like, I don't think he'll squash Paige. I think it'll be a good back and forth, but... I think Pac is more important at this point, and I think a, a loss to Paige at this point would be just a little bit too damaging. Yeah. Especially because he's... Um, yeah, it seems like they're trying to build yeah. up more with him. Yeah, like I feel like he's going to be one of those guys who's just constantly nipping right at the main event scene. Mm-hmm. So they need to keep him strong, I think. And then we go to Moxley and Omega in the lights out unsanctioned match that doesn't count. <laughs> but it does count for us. Even if it doesn't count in AEW's records, it counts in the Super Smart records. So who are you taking, Moxley or Omega? I gotta go with Moxley on this one. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> shit, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, fuck it. I'm going with Moxley on this one. I'm just trying to think of like, cause it obviously has to do come down to an a sanctioned match, right? For this feud to be over, so... 
I'm wondering if Omega wins non-sanctioned, and that leads more into right because then like Moxley one. could get pissed because like he was already kind of like pissed that it didn't count, but then being like, all right, well then Omega's blood is on your hands. I'm going to take advantage of the fact that it's not going to count, and then maybe he gets too violent and fucks up and then loses, and then is pissed that like. It didn't count? I don't know. It's hard. I feel like you're probably right. I don't know. I think Moxley, because Moxley has not had like a... I'm sorry, he fought Joey Janela on pay-per-view. Is that his only pay-per-view match that he's had? Because then, yeah, there was the one uh, so. scheduled with Omega, but then got canceled because uh, you know, he had the elbow situation. So yeah, I don't know, because like, this would this would be a really good signature win for Moxley, right? And actually, you know, with if him winning it, that would yeah. further the storyline, right? Of him like trying to basically be pissed at the authority for saying like, "Well, hey, like I beat Omega. Why does this not matter?" And I don't know. I guess maybe further proving his point about the unsanctionability, about like that he is a really good wrestler and they're just uh, like too soft for him or something in his own perspective. Yeah, that they need right, to bring, like they more, need to bring uh, more grit, grit to, to AEW and he's the one who's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Omega can take a loss at this point, especially this kind of loss. I don't think this would hurt him. I think it would hurt Moxley a lot more if he lost to Omega in this match. Like, I think he could still take it, but I think it would hurt Moxley more. I don't know. Uh-huh. What, do, what do you think? Like, who? I think Moxley has more to gain and more to lose than Omega does in this match. I mean, I kind of come down on, like, I don't think it would hurt either of them what? to lose. Yeah. So. Like, I think they'd still both, both be very okay. Over, so. Yeah. It just depends on the logic of the next step. Because so, so part of me, I think, I'm realizing what my thought is. I know that it, with WWE, I feel like there's this pattern where, like, whenever somebody does what I'm going to call, like, their own type of match, for some reason they have this giant proclivity to lose. Like, you know, how Kane is always going to lose Inferno <laughs> yeah. matches, and Undertaker is always going to lose Buried Alive matches. And it's like, why? So with Moxley, I feel like, this is his match, right? Like, it's the lights-out, unsanctioned match, and that's his thing. So so then if he loses his own that's thing, Omega's I think that not makes really him known look worse. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like, Omega's thing would be, yeah, like, we're going to go 60 minutes, uh, Iron Man match, like, yeah, because he's the best bat machine. But, yeah, I feel like with Omega, it's like, or with Moxley, I think he needs to win this. Comparatively. Like like you said, they're both over enough they can survive a loss. Mm-hmm. But I think Moxley just has a lot more to gain and lose by winning or losing this match. So, are you sticking with Moxley or are you going to go to Omega? Okay. I'm sticking with Moxley. Then I'll take Omega. And pray that he wins instead, I guess. <laughs> Even though I think it would be better for Moxley. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? Oh, um, I also just wanted to quickly 
let people know in case um, they aren't aware of all the other places they can find our podcast now because uh, Anchor has been doing a good job of sending oh, yeah, out to a lot expanding. more sources and now we've got like 10 plus different places you can listen to the podcast. Let me pull up the list right now so that I can tell all you people in case you have a uh, different place you like to get your podcast. So other than Anchor itself, you can find Super Smart Brothers on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Breaker, on CastBox, on Google Podcasts, on Overcast, We're everywhere, on baby. Pocket Casts, on Radio Public, and Stitcher. And if you don't have any of those, well, I don't know what you're doing. And I don't know how you're listening to podcasts, but uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we're not on we're not uh, AMFM. AMFM. Sorry. <laughs> That's the one place we're not. But uh, yeah, to all of you who have continued to listen and the newer listeners, thank you for coming by and stopping in for a show. And uh, we'll be back next week for some more AEW, NXT, Wednesday Night Wars, and other crazy nonsense in the world of wrestling. Yeah, we'll uh, preview probably uh, Full Gear again if they add yes. anything to it on Wednesday night. So check Indeed. you guys out next week. Peace out, everybody. Peace.